Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. We don't fear the devil. We don't fear evil attacks from the enemy because we have faith in God. Faith in God. Now we live in a, in a society, in a world today that's full of a lot of phony faith. Phony faith. We started talking about that uh, last time, last Wednesday. We were talking about the difference between phony faith and genuine faith. And we were looking over at our text, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, where the apostle Paul said to Timothy, he said, I remember the genuine faith that is in you. I remember the genuine faith, the authentic, true, real faith that is in you. And so here if he's talking about real faith, then we know there must be fake faith, right? If there's genuine faith, then there's disingenuous faith. And there is a lot of disingenuous faith out there in our world today. There's a lot of unbelieving believers, unbelieving believers. In other words, they believe in Jesus. They believe, perhaps, that he died and rose from the dead. They believe some of the basic things that we believe. But then they spend most of their days living in unbelief concerning everything else, concerning God's provision for them, God leading them, God guiding them, God coming through for them, God helping them. You understand? They, they don't have a whole lot of faith in anything else. And so uh, they're unbelieving believers, And yet, a lot of folks, even though they're unbelieving believers, they'll still talk faith talk. They'll talk a lot about, you know, the promises of God and believing the Word of God. But do they really believe? Do we really believe? Do you really believe the promises of God? Well, we got to make sure we do. We got to make sure we do. We got to be able to tell the difference between phony faith and and genuine faith. We got to be able to recognize when we're really in faith or we're just trying to act like we're in faith trying to make ourselves feel like we're in faith or believing we're in faith when we're not really believing. You understand? We're not really believing what God has promised us. So we want to be able to to tell the difference between faithless faith, faithless, because again, disingenuous faith is faithless faith. It's 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 not real faith, which means it's faithless. And as the Lord said to me, he said, faithless faith, faith, Faithless faith, it gets to be a tongue twister, but faithless, faithless faith is a faceless faith. It's a faceless faith. Faith has a face. Faith has a face. And so what are some of the features on faith's faith? Well, just like your face, faith has, as we said, it has eyes. It has eyes. There's faith eyes. And faith eyes see the unseen. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, not by our physical sight. We're walking by things that our physical eyes do not see. So faith walks by what it does not see. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says, While we do not look at the things which are seen. That can sound kind of strange. We do not look 
at the things which are seen. Are you looking at the things that are seen? Well, faith isn't. In other words, faith isn't paying a whole lot of attention. It isn't focused on the things that are seen. So if you're in faith, then you're not focused on the things that are seen. If you're not in faith, then you're focused on what you can see with your physical eyes. And that's what you're reacting to. So we have to watch what we're looking at, what we're paying a whole lot of attention to, what we're believing What we're believing. We don't want to believe what our physical eyes see above what our faith eyes see. Our faith eyes see beyond this physical realm. It sees beyond the seen realm. It sees into the unseen realm. That's where you and I need to live. We need to stay in that place. And so sometimes, you know, you just have to pull your eyes off of stuff. Pull your eyes off of stuff because you could become mesmerized by the things that you're seeing in the world and be, and be pulled into it so that that's what you believe in. And if you're focusing in on destruction, if you're focusing in on trouble, if you're focusing in on problems, that's what you're going to believe in. And that is what is going to surround your life. That's what's going to be surrounding life. That's what you're going to find yourself in, is in trouble. So you don't want to focus in on the seen realm. You got to pull back. You got to pull back, especially in the day and hour that we're living in with the technology that we have. I mean, there's just things blinking and things going off to just try to keep your attention, keep your attention. Now, I just, I honestly, I hate it when you go out to dinner and they got a TV over here, a TV over here, and a TV over here, you know? And you go to a nice restaurant, and, and they got TVs all over the place. And I have no, I'm not going out to eat to look at a TV. But I have people know you're sitting there at the TV, and this thing keeps trying to pull your attention over here. Just this flickering thing. It doesn't matter. It could be a basketball game. It just keeps flickering over here, you know? It has a way of just getting your Physical eyes, attention. You know, say, look over here, look over here, look over here. So these things are around us all the time. Always things trying to captivate our sight. And so we have to pull back and make sure that that's not what we are looking at. We are looking beyond these things into the unseen. Into the things that God has promised us. Into the things that God has said. That's what we're believing in. That's what we're trusting in. That's what we're looking to. And how many people know words create pictures? So, you know, if I say your house and your front door, and I start saying those things, many times immediately your imagination starts going and you start envisioning your house, your front door. And whatever's being said, many times you start envisioning the things that you say. God's word creates pictures. That's why over in Genesis chapter 1, when God created everything, it says in verse 3, Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light. And verse 6 is, then God said... And then it says in verse 10 concerning what he said in in that verse. It says, and God saw. Then in verse 11 it says, then God said. And then verse 12 says, and then God saw. And then verse 14 says, God said. 
And then verse 18 says, and God saw, and so forth and so on. God said, God saw. And really, when you study it out, when God said it, it didn't physically appear yet. It hadn't all physically appeared yet. God was laying out a blueprint in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 2 is when the actual construction begins. And we actually begin to see the process unfold of everything God said in chapter 1. So what is God seeing if the construction actually hasn't happened yet and he's only said it? What is he seeing? He's seeing what he said by faith. He said it and then he saw it within himself. That's how faith works. See, he's a God who calls those things that do not exist as though they did. And then he sees it as though it's, it's there and it's done. And that's why on the seventh day, he rested. And the rest there was the rest of faith. It wasn't resting from construction. Because later on, Jesus said, my father and I have been working until now. Because you remember, the Jews were all upset that he was healing on the Sabbath. You know, that was the day of rest. No, that was a type of the faith life, which is resting in the finished work of God. Resting that what you're seeing by faith is already taken care of. You already see it. It's already taken care of. You already got it. Even though you physically don't see it. Even though you physically don't feel it or have it. But you have it. It's as good as done. So you enter this rest of faith because to you it's as good as done because it is done in the spirit in the unseen and we know everything in the seen realm has come out of the unseen everything starts in the unseen realm everything every good thing starts in the unseen every bad thing starts in the unseen so we get over into faith then we see some things We've laid hold of some things. And now, to us, it's done. We see it. It's, it's, it's done. We're not waiting to see it. We're not waiting for the manifestation of it to believe it. We're not waiting for the manifestation. We're not waiting for things to change in the natural before we rest and say, Oh, I got it. Oh, praise God, that situation has changed. Hallelujah, this thing's turned around. See? That's why the Bible says, He who sits in the heavens laughs. It looks like it looks like turmoil. It looks like destruction. But no, what God said is coming to pass. It's coming to pass. And so God is sitting back laughing. He's laughing. Say, how could you laugh? Don't you see what's going on? Well, if you could see what I see, the Lord would say to you. If you could see what I see, you'd be laughing too. Man, let's get over and see what God sees. Let's see what he sees so then we can just laugh also. If you're living by what you see in the natural, then your faith doesn't have eyes to see. If you're living by what you see in the flesh, you'll be dominated by the seen realm. Or in other words, the flesh. You'll be dominated by the flesh. And that's why we looked at Proverbs 29, 18. It says, without a vision, the people... Cast off restraint. Vision keeps you from casting off restraint. Losing self-control. We don't want to lose self-control. Or like one translation says, run wild. We just don't want to run wild in the flesh. We just don't want to be fleshy and wild. We want to have control over our flesh. 
What's key to having control? What's key to having self-control? What's key to that? People, people, man, I wish I had more self-control. You need vision. You need faith vision. You need faith eyes. You need to see. You need to see what God says. You need to see beyond the seen realm. If you're limited to the seen realm in what you see, then what you see will control you. The seen realm will control you. In other words, you'll be controlled by the flesh, controlled by your circumstances. God doesn't want you controlled by your circumstances. You know, I'm reminded of uh, the prophet Elijah. And uh, he was getting words from the Lord to warn the king of Israel concerning his enemies, how they were wanting to plan attacks against him. And so he would come and say, hey, your enemies, this is what they're planning. God would show, God would show the prophet. The prophet would go tell the king. And so then the, the king would prepare to be able to, you know, be ready for, for the attack from the enemy. So the, the enemies of Israel, they realize, you know, there's a spy among us. Who's, who's telling the kings our, our plans, our secrets? And so they said, no, there's no spies. There's a prophet over there in Israel, and he, he tells the king everything you're saying in your bedchamber. And so they said, well, well, let's get him then. Do, 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 do. I mean, you know, you, you can't get the king because the prophet's telling on you now. You're going to try to get the prophet. But anyway, they tried. So anyway, one morning, the prophet comes out. He, gets, he goes out there in the morning, and his servant's with him. And his servant cries out, Alas, master, for we're surrounded. He looks and he sees this army. I think it was the Syrians had, had completely surrounded them. And they were all coming to get him. And so what did Elijah do? He said, would you relax? There's more with us than there are with them. Huh? There's more with us than there are with them. We're surrounded. There's more with us. And the guy was just, he, was, he wasn't getting it. The servant wasn't getting it. So just finally Elijah said, Lord, open the young man's eyes so that he can see. And God opened the young man's eyes and he saw horses and chariots of fire all around the man of God. Hallelujah. And I, I don't even think that the prophet necessarily even saw that. But he knew that. He knew that. But see, the young man, the servant, he needed to see that. He needed to have a vision to be able to be like, oh, oh, cool. All right. See, he needed to see something. He needed to see something physically in order to be able to rest. In order to rest. But we can see things by faith and rest. I got news for you. There's more with us than there are with them. Oh, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Yeah, you can't see him, but he's there. Mm -mm -mm. Hallelujah. There's nothing greater than the greater one that's on the inside of you. So you see, that's how we live. We live by faith. We live with faith eyes, seeing the unseen. And therefore, we rest, praise God. So genuine faith focuses on the unseen and has self-control. Or we could say, has the fruit of the Spirit, has character, godly character. That's all part of self-control. And we went into that at length last time. But those are, the, those, are, that's, those are the features, the characteristics of faith. We've got to recognize the face of faith. And say, 
Oh, you got beautiful eyes. Those are faith eyes, right? Faith eyes are beautiful eyes. I said they're beautiful eyes because you see Jesus in them. Hallelujah. And so you got to look and say, man, your eyes, your eyes are just like Jesus. You've got eyes just like Jesus. Faith eyes. Recognize them. Recognize them. Can you say amen? You know, today, the only way you can recognize people these days is, is by their eyes in public, you know, because they got these thingamajiggies over, over their face, and all you see is eyes. Now you got to really focus in on their eyes and say, is that Charlie? And all you got to go by is his eyes. Anyway, praise God. Hallelujah. Get to know faith. Get to know the eyes of faith. Now, faith, the face of faith, has ears. Ears are a part of the face. I looked it up. Some people say, no, it's over here on the side. Well, it's the side of your face. It's a part of your face. Now, I remember, Jesus said many times after he ministered, he would say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear. Well, see, he wasn't talking about he who has physical ears. He's talking about people who have faith ears. Faith ears. They're hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. They're not just hearing letters. They're not just getting their heads educated by listening to words with their physical ears. They're catching things with their faith ears. They're hearing things, and they're getting revelation. How many want some revelation tonight? Did you come for an education or some revelation? Yeah, you need revelation. It's revelation of the Word that, that brings about the transformation of your life. See, that's faith. There's a lot of folks, they're hearing the Word with their physical ears, and they can repeat it back to you out of memory, but it's not revelation to them. And they think they have faith. Because they know the letter of the Word of God. Knowing the letter of the Word of God it does not necessarily mean you have faith. You have to fa- have faith ears where you're receiving revelation of the Word. Not just the letter of the Word. So, Jesus said that many times. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Is that you tonight? Is that you tonight? Do you have ears to hear? Yes. If you don't, you know, or you do, maybe you do, but they're clogged up. You know, just, just get some spiritual Q-tips out. Get in there and just, and just get the unbelief wax. Get that unbelief wax out of, your, out of your ears so you can hear. Now, remember the children of Israel being led by Moses... They came out of Egypt. I mean, God did signs, wonders, miracles. Moses preached the word of God to them. And the Bible says over in Deuteronomy, the 29th chapter. Deuteronomy 29 and in verse 2. It says, now Moses called all Israel and said to them, you have seen All that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt. To Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land. Now what did he just say to them? You have seen all that the Lord has done. 
Verse 3. The great trials which your eyes have seen. The signs and those great wonders. Yet, the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear to this very day. See, that whole group died in the wilderness because of unbelief. It wasn't God's will for them to die in the wilderness. God went in there to deliver them out of slavery in Egypt and to bring them out into a land of abundance, a great promised land. He had a wonderful place for them, a wonderful future for them. But when they got out of Egypt, they just continued in unbelief. They continued in faithlessness. Faithlessness. And so Moses says, man, you saw all that the Lord did. You saw, you heard the word, and yet, yet, you don't have a heart to perceive, eyes to see. Well, you just said you saw. He mentioned it two times, that, that you have seen. You have seen the signs. You've seen all that the Lord did. You've, he's talking about you see it with your physical eyes, but you don't see with faith eyes. You still don't have any faith. You still don't have any faith to really see what God has done here and what God does here and what God will do for you, what he has planned for you. You're not seeing it. What you've been seeing is a desert. You're seeing the wilderness. You're seeing, you're seeing the conditions around you, the circumstances around you. That's what you're seeing. That's what you're seeing. That's what you're seeing because your faith is faceless. It has no eyes and no ears to hear. No ears to hear to this very day. Faith has ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. It hears beyond just what the physical ears are hearing. Jesus, in talking to the religious people, he said to them in John eight forty three. he says, why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. He goes on and says, you know, you, you, you have the desires of your father, the devil, in you. You just, you like the things the devil likes, you know. You don't have a heart for the things of God. And so as a result of that, you don't hear. You don't have ears to hear. You, you don't have a heart to listen, to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. And so we see that in faithless people. Faithless faith. Faithless faith people enjoy expressing their thoughts more than listening concerning God. You know, the Lord gave me a saying one time. Those who pray the least shouldn't talk the most. That's some good advice right there. Uh, The one who prays the least, but usually it's the other way around. Uh, The ones that pray the least talk the most. But it should, not, it should not be that way. We need to be good listeners. I said we need to be really good listeners. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.2, a fool has no delight in understanding but in expressing his own heart. He just, wants to, he just wants to say how he feels. He just wants to share his thoughts, wants to tell you what he knows. You, know, you get in a group of people, and many times you know, somebody says something before they can finish what they're saying. The other person says, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and. And they just want to say what they want to say because a thought came to their mind that related to what was being said. And they, don't want, to, they want to hear what, yeah, they, they, I want to say what I, what I just thought of. And I want you to hear what I have to say. And usually that's, that's the way it is, you know. 
I remember I was in, um, around a group of people, and everybody was saying stuff. And, man, I had something that could really help people. And, you know, this conversation that was going on. And I was like, and it was, it was no room to talk because everybody was just hogging up all the talking room. I mean, all the talking space was just taken. There was no room to talk. But that's okay. You know, if you want to talk, I'll listen. We need to be good listeners. I said, we need to be good listeners. I enjoy, I enjoy listening because, you know, that's how you learn things. That's how you learn, by listening to people. A lot of times when you're talking, you're already saying something you already know. So if you'll listen, then you have an opportunity to grow in your knowledge of things. True? Yes. I think I hit something there. I don't know. Hit a nerve or something. People just passed out, you know. Sometimes that happens, you know, I think there's like an area you can like, you can like push on and a person will pass out. I think I do that a lot when I preach. You know, sometimes I say something and it's just like it puts pressure in this area and all of a sudden people just go, they just, they just, pass, they just pass out. Then they come back, huh? What did he say? I didn't hear a thing. Praise God, I'm at church. Hallelujah. Sometimes people, there's certain things they don't want to hear. They just don't want to hear it. And so, you know, they, they subconsciously just turn it off. They don't even realize it, but they have like this subconscious turn-off switch. And then, you know, you're talking along, you start saying stuff, and just, it just turns off, you know. And they start playing music in their head or something like that, you know. They just start getting really big. You know, it's funny. I was at a graduation. This is years ago. I was at someone's graduation, secular college, not a Christian college or anything like that. And it was just a bunch of folks who didn't know the Lord, you know, that were graduating. And uh, so, you know, folks are pretty focused, you know. And there's people giving their address and speaking and things and taking turns. And there would be a song. And people, people are very respectful, very attentive. And then I was sitting towards the back. And I remember all of a sudden they started uh, playing. I think it was Amazing Grace. They started, they started doing Amazing Grace, you know, like the, the choir. started doing Amazing Grace, you know, the orchestra. And uh, as they started doing it, man, heads were turning. People were talking. People were getting so busy. It was like, like, it was the most amazing, it was the most rude thing I ever saw. But it was like, I looked, I thought, isn't that interesting? All of a sudden now, nobody has ears for this. They don't want to hear this. They don't want to hear it. And it's subconscious. They're not aware of it. They're not saying, oh, I don't want to hear that. But in their sinful heart, they don't want to hear it. And so they're, they're turning around. They're talking. They're distracting themselves. I remember when I was youth pastor, and there was this young, young lady. And um, I would start, I would start, we'd start having praise and worship, ministry. She would, just, she would be going the whole service just talking trying to find someone to talk to, trying to busy herself, just busy, 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 just always going to things. And, you know, sometimes you just correct her and say, just sit still, be quiet. It just never worked. You couldn't shut her down. You just couldn't stop. And so even some of the youth, you know, they just didn't, they didn't, they didn't want to be bothered by it because, <clears throat> you know, some of our youth got very serious about God and they were just really intense. So anyway, one day we were worshiping. <clears throat> we're worshiping the Lord and she's, she's, I'm watching her, you know, she's, she's trying to find someone to talk to. Nobody, nobody's blocking her out. So finally, she, she got quiet, and she just stood there, and she closed her eyes, and she actually started taking in what was going on, and next thing you know, 
This girl falls out under the power of God. She literally, her dad had to come in and pick her up. She got so full of the Holy Spirit, her life was completely changed. She was totally trans. I mean, once she got quiet and started listening and paying attention, God got a hold of her. And man, it was dramatic how God just swept her away. And she, her life was completely changed after that. In fact, after moving here, she had contacted me, and she had just was thanking me that her whole life was completely changed because of our youth group. But it was because she got quiet. She just stopped, stopped, and allowed herself to receive the Word of God. You know, I remember when I was young, I mean, I, I was really no different. I remember I was like 13, 14 years old, and, and uh, someone was trying to, some born-again Christian, you know, some nut job, was trying to share the gospel with me, you know. And uh, I, was, I just wanted them to get away from me. I mean, I did not want to hear it. I was like, get away from me. But finally, the day came where I wanted to hear And God got a hold of my life and changed my life. See, we got to get to the place where we want to hear. And we want to hear it all. Say, yeah, I I heard and I believed and I got saved and Jesus is my Lord. Okay, if he's your Lord, let's keep hearing what he has to say about the rest of your life. And all the things he wants to do in your life. Let's keep hearing. Let's keep hearing. We don't want to get to the place where we have selective hearing. A lot of people have selective hearing. There's a lot of people, they've loved this church until I said... Something they did not love. Because it attacked something that they loved in the world. Something of the world they loved. And so they didn't want to hear it. So we don't want to have that kind of selective hearing. We want, if, it's, if it's the word, we want to hear it. I want to hear it. Because the truth sets me free. It doesn't rob me of fun. It doesn't rob me of freedom. It sets me free. It brings me into greater liberty. So there was a, a gentleman by the name of Stephen... In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 7, and uh, he was preaching the gospel. He was preaching the word of God, doing a great job. You can see his sermon over there in Acts chapter 7. And as he was preaching along, all of a sudden, uh, he looked up, and the Bible says in verse 56, he said, look, I see the heavens opened. And the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. He's having a vision right there in the middle of preaching. He goes into a vision. And he says, he says I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Boy, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? Verse 7. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him to death. But notice that he started, he was saying things and it was, it was cutting at their hearts. It was cutting at their hearts. And then when he said that, what did they do? They stopped their ears. They did not want to hear that. And went, ah, just went running, running towards him, stopping up their ears and then picking up stones to shut him up, to kill him. That's how badly they didn't want to hear the truth. I remember we were in New York one time, Madison Square Garden area, and uh, Morris Cirillo, a great evangelist, was having a, a crusade right there in the middle of the city. And so he was having this crusade, and man, the demon-possessed people. I mean, it was something else. I mean, people were manifesting demons all over the place in, in New York. 
And, you know, I'm not too surprised about it. If you haven't been to New York, you wouldn't be too surprised about it. But he was preaching, and it was manifesting demons. And uh, my, my brother Alan and I were there. And, and uh, I, I remember there was, there was one person that, she was a lady, and she stopped up her ears just like that. And she had to walk past, because he was right down there in the middle of the street. And so she was on the sidewalk, and she was walking by going, ah! with her hands over her ears. She just did not want to hear anything that he was saying, see? Because there's demons that are in her life, and they don't want to hear the word. They don't want to hear the word. Remember, Jesus, when it came to the devil, he would just say, it is written. And that took care of the devil. The devil can't handle too much of that is written. I think that's a good thing to let you know about tonight. The devil can't, he might act like he can, but he can't. Know this about the devil. He can't handle that, he can't handle the, it is written. He, he can't handle scripture, see? It's a sword. And it cuts at him. It cuts at him. So, you know, if you ever feel the devil's picking on you, just start talking the word. Just start preaching. Just start preaching to yourself. Praise God forever. And just start declaring the word of God. I mean, it'll clear out demons. They'll stop their, they'll stop their big pointed ears, and they'll, and they'll want to get away from you. They want, they'll try to shut you up, but if you don't shut up, then they'll have to just take off. Can you say Amen. So real faith opens its ears to listen and be taught the word of God. Now, the face of faith has something else. It has a mouth. Just like your face has a mouth. Faith has a mouth and it speaks in harmony with what God is saying. So always speaking in harmony with what God is saying. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So notice, if you believe, in other words, if you have faith, then you speak. You don't just speak anything. You speak what you believe. You speak what you believe according to the word of God. Faithless people talk faith one moment. They'll say some, some scripture. They'll talk spiritual one moment. But then, faithless flesh talk the next. So they'll, 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 they're double-minded. They're double-mouthed. They uh, have forked tongue. They speak with forked tongue. They're like a fork in the road. They speak with forked tongue. And so, one second, they'll talk faith talk, but then they'll talk flesh talk. Faith mouth does not do that. Faith mouth has no flesh talk. Faith mouth just speaks faith words. So, you see, and that's it's so important to understand that because a lot of people in praying, they'll pray faith words, but then in saying throughout the day, they'll say Whatever. Flesh words. They'll just speak their, they'll speak their mind and they'll just talk the circumstances. And so uh, those that have a faith mouth, they speak faith. Speak faith. They're speaking faith. If you're, if you're in faith, you're speaking faith all the time. It's not this inconsistent thing like James talks about in James, the third chapter. James 3, James 3 and verse 10 
it says, out of the same mouth, talking to Christians, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, not my heathen, my unbelieving believers. How many people know, speaking curses about your brother, slandering, gossiping, talking down about one another, even talking down about yourself. How many people know that's unbelief coming out of your mouth? That's not faith words. And, and yet you're a believer, so you would be an unbelieving believer at that moment. Important to know that, see, so we can correct ourselves. If we never know these things, then we never adjust ourselves, and we walk around with phony faith and wonder why things aren't coming to pass or are supposed to be coming to pass. See, that's a terrible place to be. And then you think, well, God is just not doing his word. I don't get it. Where's God in all this? And meanwhile, you got phony faith. But you don't know you got phony faith because you don't know how to discern the face of faith. You don't know how to recognize. You're not able to see the eyes of faith, the ears of faith, the mouth of faith. We need to be able to see and hear and speak according to the word of God. According to his word. So he says, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring bring forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? What's the answer? No. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? No. Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. It's one or the other. You're either in faith or you're not. Great way to locate yourself is with your words. I mean, I like locating myself. That's one thing I don't want to be is deceived. I don't like being deceived. Do you? No, I don't want to be deceived. And so I got to be able to locate myself. I got to know where I'm at. It's kind of like if you go to the mall, you know, into a mall you've never been before, and there's a certain store you're looking for. You go over to that uh, map. What do they call that? A directory, you know, and they got that big directory, and you and you and you and it looks for the. And what do you what do you look for when you look on the directory? You don't look for the store you want to go to right away. The first thing you look at is you are here, right? You got to locate where you are to be able to figure out how to get where you want to be. A lot of folks can't get where they want to be because they have no idea where they are. They think they're somewhere else, and they're not there. So this word helps us to locate where we are. Oh, man, how many times has God helped me by being able to locate me? I mean, there's been times in prayer. I mean, my Lord, what's more spiritual than prayer? I'm out there praying. My God, of course I have faith if I'm praying. Of course I'm walking spiritual if I'm out here praying. Right? What's more spiritual than that? At least that's what I thought. And then God, he'd rebuke me, and he'd correct me, and he'd say things like, where's your peace and where's your joy? See, I'm just going off, you know, praying, praying to God about stuff. Where's your peace, where's your joy? I said, Lord, if you change this, I'd have peace and joy. He said, oh, so that's your peace and joy. I thought I was. I'm thinking, well, if that's my peace and joy and he's not, that's idolatry. Here I'm over here thinking I'm holier than thou. I am praying. I am pleading my case. And God says, you're an idol worshiper, huh? You're an idolatry, buddy. You got that thing exalted above me. So you got to get yourself located. 
so you can get where you want to be. So then I, had, I got located. Lord, forgive me. Praise God. And so I got adjusted for a little under 24 hours. And then, you know, the circumstances of life and things poking at you and the devil going, <laughs> and you just, you know, you're feeling the pitchfork. And you get all fired up again. And you go out and you do something spiritual. You pray. Thank God for prayer. So I'm out there praying, pleading my case, quoting scripture. Telling the Lord why he needs to change this thing. And he said to me, now this is the next night. Where's your peace? Where's your joy? I said, Lord, if you would fix this, I'd have peace and joy. He said, oh, so that's your peace and joy I thought I was. Idolatry. I'm out there, I'm out there worshiping, cal- worshiping calves again. <laughs> Golden ones, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm no better than the children of Israel in the wilderness. I mean, I had to repent. See, that happened enough times, and I finally figured out where I was. I figured out where I was. There was a whole lot more pride than faith. There was a whole lot more fear than faith. There was a whole lot more of my opinion than faith. There was a whole lot more of a lot of things than there was faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when I got myself fixed, when I located myself and realized I'm not in genuine faith, I'm not being genuine, I'm not genuinely spiritual right now. I'm carnal, I'm trying, bless God, but I'm not there. Once I was able to see that, then I was able to make the adjustment, get it corrected, and step into faith. And you know what was there? Rest, peace, glory be to God. And guess what? I got where I needed to be. I got to my destination. Hallelujah. The thing I wanted all came to pass. Hallelujah. I said it all came to pass. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God forever. So your mouth will help you locate yourself. Help you locate yourself. Do you have a faith mouth? Or is it a flesh mouth? That's a little bit of both. Well, we need to get that fixed. We need to get it fixed so it's just faith. 1 Peter 3.10, I love this scripture. It says, for he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. See, it all comes back to what is coming out of your mouth. How many want good days? Huh? Good days, praise God, nice long life, happy life. You want that? Well, praise God, it starts with your mouth. It starts with what you're saying. Man, your future, your future is, is being held together by the words that come out of your mouth. So let's make sure that we're speaking faith words. Can you say amen? Praise God. And then face, excuse me, the face of faith has a nose. Do you have a nose on your face? Yes, and faith has a nose on its face. In other words, it breathes in not just oxygen or carbon dioxide, depends whether you're in a mask or not. <laughs> Genesis 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and watch this, breathed into his nostrils oxygen. No. 
breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. See, he, see faith, the nose of faith, the nostrils of faith, it doesn't just breathe in oxygen. It breathes in the spirit of life. It breathes in the presence of God, the presence of the Lord. Then when a person gets born again, see, it says in John 20, verse 22, Jesus came to his disciples in that upper room. They had never been born again yet. But now he's risen from the dead. He appears to them. And, and it says, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So you see, that goes all the way back to the garden where God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. He became spirit-filled, filled with the spirit of God. And so Jesus comes. Now man sinned. He lost the spirit of life. He lost the spirit of God. But now Jesus comes. And through the new birth, he breathes back into those who have faith in him. And faith has a face. And on its face is a nose that breathes in the breath of life. The life of God. Hallelujah. So we need to be inhaling the spirit. Faith is inhaling the spirit of God. It's not just the letter, but it's the spirit that gives life. Not just the letter of the word. It's the spirit that gives life. We need the Holy Spirit. We need his presence. A lot of folks, they, they don't take time in the presence of God. And they just come at God with his promises, with his word, and it's just legalistic, and there's no presence of God there. We need to know how to receive of the presence of God. Amen. Need to know how to, how to breathe him in. I mean, literally, this happened to Adam. And it happened to you when you were born again. When does it stop? It don't stop. If it stops, you're going to die spiritually. Spiritually, you'll die. You need the Spirit. He's the Spirit of life. So we need to continuously fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Faith fellowships with the Holy Spirit. Faith maintains a Spirit-filled life. Faith receives and yields to the Holy Spirit. You know, over in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, talking about Abraham, the father of our faith. He was the father of our faith, by referred to him as. He was a man of great faith, right? And notice, concerning Abraham and his faith, his believing. The Bible says, in verse 17, that Abraham believed the promise of God in the presence of God. He believed in the presence of him who had promised. Notice that. He didn't just believe, but he believed in the presence. He believed in the presence. See, it's in the presence of God that faith is alive. How many people know God's alive? God is real. His spirit is here among us. He's referred to as, again, 2 Corinthians 4.13, as the spirit of faith. The spirit. Thank God for the word of faith. Hallelujah, we need the word of faith, but the word of faith isn't complete without the spirit of faith. So we need to have the word of faith, but we need to have the spirit of faith for us to be operating in genuine faith. Hallelujah. 
So we need to have a faith nose and know how to breathe in the Holy Spirit. If you do, it'll fill you up. Some of you, some of you could use a little inhaling. <laughs> Clear your sinuses, you know. Clear things up in your head. I just feel so confused. Here, take this. Here's another. I'm just trying to, trying to illustrate the best I know how, right? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> God's helping us. He's helping us. Come on, whatever we got to do. It's not the most dignified thing, but praise God. I'll do it. If it helps somebody, I'll do it. Bless God. Hallelujah. So if you get filled with the presence of God, the Bible says, in his presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. So a faith person is a joyful person. That's why he who sits in the heavens laughs. Faith people sit in the heavenly places and laugh. If you get filled with the presence of God, you'll have joy. 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 So, you know, that's another, again, what did the Lord say to me? He said, where's your joy and where's your peace? Because I knew from the word of God. I see, I knew that. I knew that from the word of God that you can't be in faith and not be in joy and peace. I knew that. So when he said, where's your joy and peace? I thought, well, if you fix this out of joy and peace, then I realized, well, my faith is not in him. It's in that thing. In other words, my eyes, my focus is on that thing. See, there's no joy there. There's no inhaling. There's just exhaling, exhaling, venting. Just sitting there. We call it praying, but it's venting. Face is getting red. It's like, stop! Shh, breathe in. You know what I'm saying? Inhale. Inhale the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is going to help you to be in faith and cause you to rest. Can you say amen? Praise God. So say it with me. Say, faith has a face. It has eyes to see what is unseen. It has ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. It is a mouth that speaks in agreement with God. Never want to take sides against God. Make sure your words are always in agreement with what God is saying. And... Faith has a nose. I have a faith nose. I breathe in the presence of God. The life of God. I'm walking in the life of God. Hallelujah. Amen. See, man doesn't live just by the oxygen that he breathes. He lives by the spirit of God, the spirit of life that he's breathing in. Because that's real life. That's real life. See? So we're supposed to be breathing on two levels. We're supposed to be seeing on two levels. We're hearing on two levels. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're speaking on two levels. That's how, that's how you and I are living, on two levels. We're in this natural world, but we're also living out of the unseen world. That's the real world that we're drawing our life from. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God forever. Does this help you tonight? Yes. To be able to identify the face of faith. Yes. And to make sure it's on your face. 
It's on your face. It's on your countenance. How's your countenance doing? See, that's why the Apostle Paul, you know, he's walking along and he's preaching the gospel. And there was a certain man that lame from his mother's womb, never walked a day in his life. And he looked and he could see something about that man's countenance. And he recognized the man had faith to be healed. Or you go back there to Genesis and have him remember Cain. Cain and Abel, they both brought an offering to the Lord, but Cain's offering was just done in the flesh. He didn't bring it in faith like Abel did. And so the Lord said to him, he said, how do you know? How do you know it was because he didn't bring it in faith? Because the Lord came to him and said, Cain, why is your countenance fallen? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do good, will you not be accepted? God's trying to help him. His countenance had fallen, and it showed he wasn't in a good place. So brighten up. Turn to somebody and say, brighten up. You're going up. Hallelujah. We're going up. I said, we're going up. We're going up to higher places in God. Woo, praise God. He's got a bright future for us. He's got great days ahead for us. If we keep our eyes on him. Keep our eyes on him. Now, in the world, you'll have tribulation. Keep your eyes on the tribulation, and they'll destroy you. Keep your eyes on the problems, it'll destroy you. But I like what Isaiah the prophet said in Isaiah 60. He said, arise and shine, your light has come, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. You can't see that, but it's risen upon you. He says, believe that. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And he said, behold, darkness shall cover the earth. Deep darkness, the people. He told us that's what was coming. Deep darkness, the people, covering the people of the earth. But... The Lord will arise over you. The Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Hallelujah. His manifested awesomeness will be seen upon you, but it's not going to be seen upon you until you see it first by faith. You've got to see what God says. You've got to see yourself as a glory carrier. Say, I'm a carrier of the glory. Hallelujah. We're glory carriers. That's what we are. We carry the glory of God. So we focus on that. We're not focusing on how dark it's getting. Oh, it just got deeper. The darkness, it just got deeper. All right. Praise God. What's the light doing? It just got brighter. It just got brighter. I went to church. Not just any church. I went to Life Faith Bible Church. Come on, somebody. You don't go to Life Faith Bible Church and don't have your dimmer raised. Your light gets brighter. Can you say amen? amen? It's getting brighter. It's getting brighter in the house of God. It's getting brighter in our life. In fact, the darker it gets out there, uh, the more our light becomes so evident. You know? And there's some lights. You know, if it's really bright outside and you've got a, a flashlight, it's like it doesn't really look like it's doing much. Is it on? Yeah, it's on. You know, so you look at the headlights of your car in the daytime, it's like, is that on? If my light's on, I can't tell if my lights are on, right? But at nighttime, just lights everything up. So you see, that's when the light works the best. That's when it really is able to do what it does best is when it's dark. So these are exciting times. Praise God. It's time for us to shine like we've never shined before. That's what we need to be looking at. That's what we need to be seeing. That's what we need to be hearing. That's what we need to be speaking. It's time for the glory. Hallelujah. What's going on in the earth these days? What's happening in the United States of America these days? <laughs> the glory's rising. 
The glory is rising out of the east, praise God. It's rising up upon us. The glory's here. The wind of the Spirit's blowing. The power of God's moving. Woo, what's going to happen 2021? I don't know, but I believe one thing for sure. It's going to be a miraculous year. It's going to be a year of miracles. Hallelujah. Miracles. Miracles. In the mighty name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Let's keep our face pointed in that direction so that we're reflecting the face of faith that God has. Can you say amen? Praise God. Let's stand on our feet. Let's thank the Lord tonight. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.